gingham kit, I think they're calling it in the communications department. Apparently it's a it's a nod towards the, the industrial cotton mill past of Manchester and that's why they've come up with this monstrosity which we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. It's also a nod to the manager's heritage presumably because you can call it gingham all you want but it looks pretty tartan to me. Yeah, this was going around about 18 months ago and there's such a reaction against it. I think Nike must have pulled it but, but somehow this has got past the powers that be. I think it's a horrible piece of kit. It, not so much gingham, although my daughter wears gingham dresses to her school so you know maybe we'll all look like a bunch of seven-year-olds but but more tea cloth or or tablecloth i think don't it's you? got a very tablecloth vibe it might not be that bad we've only seen pictures it's bad i like the black and blue hoops so i'm weird i'm i'm in the minority i think of all the problems at united the fact that we're gonna be a laughing stock because of our patchwork tops is really the least of our problems yes uh, it might be all right it might be fine in person it might look good it might look good on the telly it's it, it's not gonna but i mean it might be a criminal kit but uh, no one's going to prison for it unlike the Bebe transfer and the Portuguese police now want to talk to Manchester United about their thoughts on the matter uh, interesting uh, again this one is an ever-evolving story there's we've known for quite a long time that this is a deeply deeply corrupt transfer uh, and now the Portuguese police are digging into it and someone somewhere is going to pay and uh, I wonder whether United will get themselves out of it by simply saying oh well we paid the money uh, nothing to do with us where it went after after that which is a, a lame excuse when uh, I'm quite sure they knew exactly where the cash was going. Oh, I mean what what's the allegation then what's the speculation? So it's a, it's a tax it's a tax right. issue. So uh, Portuguese police are concerned about exactly where the money went and who's paid tax on it. I mean as it happened Mendes took about 40% of the 9 million euro transfer fee uh, through his Gestafute agency and Vitoria Guimarães took 60%. Mendes is 40% is 30% because he owned 30% of the economic rights to Bebe and 10% as an agent fee but he only became Bebe's agent two days before the transfer went through and the legitimate agent was sacked by letter which I'm sure Bebe did not pen himself and in any case the fact that it stinks is one thing the fact that someone might not have paid tax on it is quite a different thing and and United's part in it is they're extremely complicit although it may not be illegal of course because I'm quite sure they knew exactly where the money was going and, and it's still extremely bizarre transfer which we've never had any proper answers about and the one about Carlos Quiroz uh, having recommended him Carlos Quiroz being a Mendes client Bebe being a Mendes client and the story that appeared in the newspaper saying that Real Madrid were after him uh, and Jose Mourinho is interested uh, Mourinho being a Mendes client as well and of course Bebe's gone to Besiktas this season where there are six Mendes clients on the books now if that's not enough to tell you that this deal stinks then we can talk about all the, the flows of money for a player who could have been bought for £100,000 just eight months before or nothing six weeks before suddenly went for nine million euros and and that's only the bit we were told about because there's another million or so pounds that just disappeared came off united's books and has never been accounted for it's ridiculous isn't it that's that's what you call value in the market right there that story is worth it he, fergie's just trying to find a way to pen some spy novel for his retirement about corporate espionage and yeah the, the cynics uh, amongst the listeners might be thinking that fergie would have taken a backhander on this deal as well but you know 
we couldn't possibly comment on that one, could we? I mean, it's not like Fergie has ever had a safe in which he sticks large brown envelopes full of cash and discovers it by accident, saying, it wasn't mine, Gov, I was just keeping it for safekeeping. Yeah, he's just looking after that money. Uh, anyway, there was some football this week. Uh, it was rather disappointing. Well, because not uh, really, because it was inevitably going to happen. Well, it was, yes. And, and we talked about not getting the hopes up. So there were hopes for a good few minutes that Newcastle might give City a game before City took over and eventually scored. And, uh, and there was a huge amount of inevitability about City winning that game as soon as they'd scored, of course. And, and Mancini, once again, pulled off some good tactical moves to get City to win. Of course, that was the, the real game that counted at the weekend. And United versus Swansea was really an aftershave. Yeah, it was. And I mean, you know, United, let's let's just let's detach it from the context for a second and and say that actually United were very comfortable it was unfortunate that the second half was I mean we you know we, we've had this problem all season it's it's come and gone but our second half performances our second half performances have not been that great all season long uh, with a few exceptions and but this was this was that classic kind of the job got done in the first half took all the feet off the pedals and with a couple of notable exceptions Michael Carrick in particular no urgency to try and track down the City's goal difference just a belief that you know we've got the three points and basically the league title's gone but let's just get the three points so we've got at least got a shot on the last day of the season but you know in the first half there was some some really bright nice football played a wonderful goal from Paul Scholes what a sight to behold that goal was yeah, he didn't celebrate it. Yeah, not because he has any affinity with Swansea, I assume, and and more because he's a, a realist and and uh, thought the title already gone, which which of course it has. A high five with Michael Carrick to celebrate. That was that was the extent of it. When when Carrick offered a, a high five of congratulations, Skulls didn't diss him. He, he took it. Yeah, I I guess there was some disappointment in United not going for a big win. It, it really did seem to fall flat in the second half, and and a, a lot of passing around the edge of the box, and and really not in enough penetration uh, which is which has sometimes been a problem this season not not a huge amount I mean they've actually scored quite a lot of goals this season and racked up a really decent amount of points I mean uh, assuming we win uh, against Sunderland is a big assumption we'll end on 89 and that, that would have won us the league title on many many occasions over the last 20 years so in terms of points won it's been a good season but but it's going to be a season that ends with no trophies well probably I mean we'll we'll come on to it but it's not beyond the realms of human experience that we're going to win the league it just seems very unlikely at this point the second goal was a cracker as well that's right Ashley Young who side footed at home very nice finish and probably the best part of Ashley Young's performances this season I think his finishing uh, the rest of it I can't say I'm wholly convinced that really uh, he was the right man for United oh, I mean look he's a, he's a decent player but I don't think he's a former the very highest level but uh, but then again we're not at the very highest level anymore are we yeah and you don't you don't need everyone in your squad to be able to perform at the very highest level to even be a team at the very highest level I mean Ashley Young has been incredibly effective given it's his first season in such a high profile club uh, do you think uh, he's not going to get any better he's he's 27 so uh, I think I think this is the pinnacle for Ashley Young no I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true I think another season at United and he'll he'll learn all the time I would imagine playing at United and I, I think he's his output this season has been excellent goals and assists and he's offered attacking threat I, I he had a, a, a very patchy period when he had an ankle injury and he has always been a uh, 
sporadic performer, but I, I think it's a bit harsh on, on Young's overall performances. I think he's added some dynamism down that left flank particularly. Mm, I think we could have spent £18 million on a central midfielder. But No, absolutely. And next week we'll do our wrap-up of the season and uh, our player player scores and, and all that kind of stuff. So perhaps we should leave some of that to, to next to next week. But a fine goal. Absolutely not Ashley Young's fault we didn't buy a central midfielder either. I no. think I mean, you know, that, that money that money got spent on him, not up to him really, is it? So yeah, a flat atmosphere in the ground obviously as to be expected. Some some decent support actually from United fans that the hardcore in there making themselves heard and generally that sort of chin up lads type approach which is is appropriate kind of sad to see the ground emptying five minutes before time and and a very curt final speech from Alex Ferguson who, who normally goes on a little bit longer and then I think quite a limp lap of honour as well from the players interesting in Ferguson's sort of thank you speech he uh, thanks their fans and the directors very nice yeah you know the six Glazer lads on the board there well five Glazer lads and one glazer lass on the United board. Very important. Couldn't have done it without them. No, absolutely. At the end, he said something like, you know, all right, all the best. It's like, take care. You know, see ya. All right. Okay, bye. Look. Then he signed off with, uh, let's hope we have the biggest party of our lives next weekend. Yes. I'd completely given up hope of anything happening this weekend. And then at Bearded Genius tweeted, imagine Liam Gallagher's face if... QPR win and we win and now I have hope again which I'm a bit cross about because I, I was quite comfortable in my weary acceptance of City having won the title yes well I, I'm in the mindset that if QPR do win we'll probably lose as well <laughs> maybe and wouldn't that just sum up the season uh, oh yeah I guess it's difficult to analyse the match because it happened in, in context and, and you know we, we were both very I think both very reserved about the possibility of Newcastle getting anything against City and perhaps unsurprisingly they didn't manage to and I have to say actually City have been rather impressive in the way they've handled the last part of the run-in and Mancini having looked all at sea when we did escape to eight points clear almost seems to have managed to calm calm himself down blow off the cobwebs getting Mario Balotelli out of the picture altogether seems to have helped the overall calmness and Yaya Toure has been absolutely exceptional throughout this run-in five games they've put together a really good run haven't they they picked up a load of points whereas United what seven points from five games not enough no and and that has been the difference and and uh, I mean of course lots of different things make up a season so it does come down to goal difference we can talk uh, about uh, pieces of bad luck bad refereeing decisions I mean think back to the penalty given against Rio Ferdinand against Newcastle we can think about the disastrous team selection against City in the derby points thrown away at home to Blackburn Rovers and, and all of that kind of stuff but you know it's all little details isn't it but, but the truth is came down to the last month of the season and City didn't crack up City kept calm under the pressure and, and United blew it with some extremely poor performances at times yeah or certainly appear to have blown it that's the thing appear that's, to have that's blown the it. thing about this episode of the Rankcast which is slightly strange which is that there is every chance we're not going to win the league it seems much more likely that we're not going to win the league than we are but the, the possibility still exists so it, it's just not in the past tense yet is it in that context Patrice Evra United captain said "We if we don't win the league people will say it's the end of an empire it's not the end of an empire there's lots of talent at this club and, and that's true of course but there are also lots of question marks and and uh, I don't think we need to go as far as say this is the end of the empire 
there never has been an end of the empire under Ferguson but but we probably have half a dozen players at least uh, of which uh, there are question marks over I mean certainly some will leave or we'll probably see the end of Berbatov Owen and Macheda up front uh, Evra's positions under question as well because he's he, I think he's actually in, in totality he's had a decent season but, but not his best but not his worst either uh, question marks over Vidic and his fitness Darren Fletcher and his bowels Anderson's fitness and weight and performances Park's performances and uh, Giggs and Skulls his age of course Skulls hasn't signed that new contract yet may well think that even though he's performed so well over much of this second half of the season that he, he doesn't have it in him to perform more interesting that his two worst performances have probably come against Everton and, and City in, in you know, recently so uh, lots and lots of question marks that will need to be answered in the summer yeah and no no clear answers as yet as to what those answers are going to be I'll put out a call for questions as I do every week had a question from at Amplified to Rock saying would it be at all possible for us not to talk about transfers at all on the Rankcast between now and the first Rankcast of 2012-13 season sadly that question would have to be taken in isolation because all the rest of them were about transfers 758 questions yeah it's look I mean we're not a tabloid show we're a deep thinking show aren't we Paul <laughs> clearly so, something like that but uh, it's that time of season where everyone wants to talk about transfers and and look the the season hasn't finished there are four days left or, or whatever three days left and there's much to be won and lost between now and the end of the season of course but the club spends months looking at players uh, they will spend months looking at the balance sheet and trying to work out how much can be spent uh, I've had some pretty good word on this that is not much uh, we'll see how true that is of course across the course of the summer but you know we seem to know two of the players already in, in uh, Nathaniel Klein and Shinji Kagawa I mean it, it's quite often that United keep a, a very good cloak over what they're doing and uh, this may well be smoke and mirrors but it appears to be I think I got two out of three right last season didn't I just just the Phil Jones one that yeah, was wrong Phil, Phil which came as was a classic kind of cloak yeah. one because I, I think I'd literally heard nothing about our interest in Phil Jones up to that point yeah 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 and Ferguson admitted that they tried to buy him in the, the January transfer window and, and that I thought we'd be bringing in Rafael Varane who, who United were interested in and then he chose to go to Madrid and has been good in, in a half you know in a dozen games or so he hasn't played actually that much so look it looks like those two but there are other areas I mean if if Owen Berbatov and, and Macheda go we need a striker it definitely needs to be some cover per, for Patrice Evra lots of speculation about uh, Leighton Baines I think some of the press coverage of that is deeply incorrect and talking about five million pound transfer fee not going to happen 27 year old uh, he's got three years on his contract he's had a fine season he's an England international Everton might always be trying to balance the books but they're not so desperate they're having a fire sale I mean they, they're going to not inconceivable that they finish near a European place so it doesn't make any sense to me that one why would they sold Jolie and Lescott for 22 million so I don't think that'll be cheap and, and I'm not sure given the uh, expected budget that that's, that's likely to happen um, there's going to be speculation about lots and lots and lots and lots of midfielders I'm sure uh, many of whom won't come in let's just hope we get one hey I mean K- Kagawa's not I have to say from what I've seen he's not really the kind of player who's going to play in a 4-4-2 in England although a lot of talk of course that Ferguson wants to move more permanently to the sort of flexible 4-2-3-1 system where he would play in the hole behind a central striker but where does that leave Hernandez Rooney and Welbeck one from three there doesn't quite fit no absolutely 
and we've had we've had a few questions about formations for next season and all that sort of thing. A uh, question about Eden Hazard from um, from at Tushar MUFC asking whether he's realistic. I think we've said on the podcast that you're definitely of the view that that is a financial reality that United are not dealing in in terms of transfers. Inter- interesting piece in the Telegraph earlier this week saying that Manchester City were thinking about pulling out of that deal because they couldn't afford the wages he was asking for. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. Now let, let's put a few, you know, we can put two and two together here and come up with, you know, about 150 grand a week and a 35 million euro transfer fee. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I have to say I, I'd be really stunningly shocked. And if it did, it would be completely about turning United's transfer policy. We had a question from at Dostamped, D-O-S-D-A-M-T, saying three realistic targets for summer from each of you gents that would make a huge difference next season. Uh, I think realistic and make a huge difference next season might be might be tricky to balance. Uh, frankly, I think the fact that there's no discussion about central midfielders is staggering because if we don't win the league this season, it will be because Fergie hasn't done anything about the midfield problem. That's, that's the reason. Look at all the bad performances, all the points dropped Blackburn at home Raphael and Park in the centre of midfield because we had no cover the 6-1 against City Phil Jones not a midfielder hopelessly at sea against David Silva in the middle of the park tried to park the bus against City away didn't have the central midfielders to pull off that task well, well, I'll tell you one player that United really could do with who looks like he's going to Arsenal is Jan Mvila. Young French player who will be very expensive, probably be key player for France in the European Championships this summer. Not realistic at all for United. I, 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 look, it's, it's over five years now since Ferguson, well, it's coming up on five years since Ferguson bought central midfielder. And, and as you want to count, Paul Scholes, who uh, returned to the club in January. So I, you'd like to think that Ferguson, if he's going to spend big, would spend big there. But I'm not sure that it's going to happen. And Via, I think I remember you saying that you weren't sure that he was United level on a past... Look, I don't watch Ligue 1 loads, so I watch more German and Dutch and Italian football, as well as English, of course, and Spanish. God, I'm surprised I haven't had a divorce yet <laughs> in that football. I actually managed to watch across all the channels. And, uh, but, but French football don't watch loads of... Try and catch a few. I streamed some Lille games just so I could watch uh, Hazard. Who scored, by the way? Did you see his outrageous goal the other day where he sort of cross or not goal set up for for a colleague's goal uh, against PSG where he, he sort of crossed it kind of flicking his leg behind the his standing foot don't know quite how to explain that but uh Ronaldo Ronaldo-esque Ronaldo-esque yeah but from the right hand side and so the right foot goes behind the left and flicks the ball over and uh, his uh, colleague scored an outrageous piece of skill two to three football matches a week is is generally my limit so I'm, I'm not really very well informed about European football in general I you know I, I when someone says this goal's amazing you've got to check it out I watch it on YouTube and I, I enjoy it that way but I'm, I'm I'm not a connoisseur of the world of football really I, I would have said we should definitely sign, sign Zlatan because that would have guaranteed us the league title this season but finally he hasn't won it finally yeah he's, he's only won the six in a row huh? I think it's I think it's nine in a row. Whatever it is, he's also not the top goal scorer. Yeah, he's not the top goal scorer in Italy either, which is an interesting one. The Milan derby was another game I watched this week. Yeah, it's an excellent game, a real ebb and flow to that one, and uh, it meant Juve won the title there, their first title since Calciopoli. And interesting position Juve are in because uh, although they they've got this new stadium and it's not particularly big, it's like forty thousand or so, it's theirs, and so they've been able to commercialise it. So they're believed to be in quite a strong position. 
mission. So aside from seemingly nabbing Paul Pogba off us and a lot more stories about that one this week, seems like he's definitely signed with them. Although until I suppose the word comes from on high that it's happened, we can't confirm that one. But They've also got a couple of uh, Marquismo and Vidal, a couple of excellent players who'd probably add to United's uh, stock of midfielders. Not going to happen either, though, is it? I guess not. Talking of United's stock of midfielders, at Colin RHCP says, should we mould Jones into a dynamic central midfielder if, as expected, no. we don't invest a huge amount in the squad? He's not good enough. So his distribution's not good enough and he's not tactically disciplined enough to play the position. I don't think so. I just don't think he's Premier League class in that, that role. Um, but, and I don't think... A summer and a season or whatever is is going to necessarily make the difference there I think there will definitely be times where he can do a useful job in midfield no question about it against so so did John O'Shea well yeah but and legitimately he did you know but he was not the long-term replacement for Roy Keane and funny that I mean sorry for the digression but selling O'Shea last summer's begin to look like a mistake this season isn't it I think I think we could have done with him not in midfield but certainly in defense at times when there were so many injuries and and uh, at times complete lack of experience well yeah but you know I, I said this before the Everton game the real mistake was selling Phil Neville however many or letting him go however many seasons ago that was because I'm pretty sure he'd still be playing in the centre of United's midfield now mm. Nicky Boat would still do a job in the centre of United's midfield now <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks Park is going, says Maz underscore Man United. I don't think it'll happen. Here's my one pound bet. That's all it's worth. Uh, I think Park will still be at the club next season. He's on the adverts for the Asian tour, of course. We were talking about the impact of signing him financially in the Far East. And you were saying you don't think it has much significance. But I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I think it does make a big difference to the the way United are marketing marketed in Asia to have uh, players. So, so my point about that was that there's no direct income benefit uh, sure. South Korean fans are not going out and buying 10 million United shares and even they did the incremental revenue to United is not very big because we have a fixed income contract with Nike uh, what it does do is is increase profile in certain countries for United where they can go out and, and try and get sponsorship deals so that that's the difference I mean no one has ever shown me that that is specifically tied to any specific commercial contract that United has signed United has a very large global reach with or without Park or any of the other players that come from all over the world and I, I actually think there's a there's a hint of racism in this not not you but you know general commentary about this why do we only talk about this with Asian players I well mean, we don't I mean are, we are United not insanely popular in Serbia right now because we've got N- Nemanja Vidic or Wales or, or, or Scotland everyone in Scotland's a United fan right they're all they're all wearing United shirts because we have you know the sick boy I suspect there are probably quite a few Welsh kids that support supported United because of Ryan Giggs that so I'm sure that is a factor and we talked uh, in pre-season about Chicharito's impact on the fact that Chicharito is like central in all the marketing of United's American tour it's it, it does happen in different regions in the world in fact wasn't there something around the time of the signing of Chicharito something about the, the club hierarchy encouraging the signing of players from markets we're interested in I actually don't doubt it I, I just think there's a, an awful lot of assumption which isn't actually tied to revenue figures in, in, in United's peer now but but fair enough and talking of chicharito he's been banned from the olympics or or as ferguson says we came to an agreement with the mexican fa and as the mexican fa says ferguson won't allow him to go <laughs> Wait, it's just, that's sort of a, a glasgow agreement right uh, talking of bro 
world stereotypical racism. Just Fergie flew to Mexico to say, listen, we pal. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to carry on down the road of accents, otherwise I'll be doing terrible Speedy Gonzales Mexican man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not good for anyone. Hey, Chicharito. No. <laughs> just did a funny accent everyone that almost never happens hey chicharito why you're not playing the olympics outrageous racist it's just terrible isn't it why is it allowed if i do scottish i don't know i guess that's not really encouraged either yeah fergie laying down the law i think given the impact that the gold cup had on chichi's pre-season this season and the fact that his season never quite got going with niggly injuries mm. and all that sort of thing it's a very sensible decision from the well club. He's, he's got two games for mexico world cup qualifiers in early june so he won't be done till mid-june anyway and and uh, if he played in the olympics those games kick off in the third week of july and run through the beginning of august so he'd miss the start of the season he also have some prep games so he'd basically be playing all summer into the middle of august if mexico go any decent distance in the uh, the olympics and then have to be given two months off and then do a pre-season he wouldn't be ready for united till october so it is yes burnout it's fair enough he needs a rest but it's also ferguson thinking this is going to disrupt our season hugely his season hugely next year he does play in the Olympics yeah I mean it's a bridge too far isn't it do you think there'll be any United players involved in the Olympics to Silver Twins maybe uh, uh, yeah it could be uh, yeah I mean both of them made the Brazilian squads at various times over the last sort of year or so haven't they so I, I guess it depends I mean they take it very seriously in Brazil the Olympics is, is considered an important tournament to win unlike uh, in Britain uh, I wouldn't have thought we'd see any United players in the GB squad uh, Stuart Pearce appears to be uh, you know picking on merit uh, although if he picks David Beckham then maybe not I guess there's been some talk about Ryan Giggs I know they want to spread it out and for years it was what would be a British team England plus Ryan Giggs maybe not quite the same anymore I'm sure there'll be a smattering of players from, from all over the British Isles but but yeah apart from that I don't think there'll be that many I mean uh, the younger players that we have uh, Jones and Smalling uh, could well be going to the European Championships certainly Smalling well Jones touch and go on that one I think it depends on the balance of the squad they might take five strikers and they'll probably lose a defender as a result and that could be Jones and Johnny Evans seems to have this ankle problem so he he might well be out of contention if he needs an operation Silver Brothers we talked about and uh, Chicharito being banned and the rest of them would have to be over age players and I don't think any of the nations are actually qualified so I think we might be safe on that front uh, what about Welbeck I guess he'll go to the Euros assuming his ankle gets better definitely going to go to the Euros yeah I don't think it's a, a serious injury with Welbeck it's, I think Hodgson would take five strikers because uh, Rooney's out for two matches isn't he so I, I think that that makes sense and I think he'll probably lose a right back he, may, he might well think of a Smalling as a utility right back and it depends on whether he takes and probably take one of Johnson or, or Mika Richards Is Nathaniel Klein in the England under 21 set? Well, he, he has been yeah and uh, of course made the championship team of the year very good performance from someone who wasn't in a side that was pushing for promotion Yeah so I guess if we sign him maybe he'll be in the Olympics picture potentially yes so we've had an important question that I have no answer to from at office underscore monkey who's your favourite member of Girls Aloud I I don't really know exactly who they all are there was obviously Cheryl Cole she has very poor decisions about who she marries but apart from that I don't there's an Irish one and that's as far as I know yeah and there's a strange ginger one as well yeah on a scale of one to ten I'd probably give Cheryl one Talking of bad jokes, I've had a very important question from at Vish Korsh. A Vish saying uh, to me, seeing as you're the master of puns, can you create a sentence of football puns that wastes 15 seconds of your podcast? Well, 
I know you're jonesing for me to do some puns, but these are young man's gigs, and you can't go on forever. As for the title, there's always the silver of hope that will make it. It's only the hair's breath away. But I'd rather be in City's position, because a Ferdinand is worth two in the bush. Evans to Betsy, this has been going on for ages. Skulls, we better carry on with the rest of the show now. I'm sure that was at least 20 seconds. Yeah, there you go. No more. Outrageous. You're filling my timeline with dreadful puns as well on Twitter. Yeah, I couldn't stop last night during the Bilbao Madrid game. Excellent, excellent performance from Falcao in particular, but Atletico Madrid in general made Bilbao look really ordinary. And yes, put, put our performances against Bilbao into some perspective, didn't it? Absolutely. Madrid really, really did them over. Uh, thoroughly worthy winners and, and Falcao, a couple of outstanding goals and, and Diego with a third, another very... F- fine goal too and you kind of saw them kind of getting a bit excited at Eastlands didn't you as Falcao turned on a sixpence and put the second in and, and writing that check I mean pay Atletico Madrid blank <laughs> yeah I mean they just signed him at the beginning of this season for 40 million euros Falcao as far as I can work out yeah I mean he's an established forward and, and been scoring bags of goals in Portuguese football and, and they had a load of money from the Aguero deal interesting I wonder he'll he's obviously on a lot of people's radars because exceptional level of talent but you wonder I mean he's just signed for astronomical money it would obviously cost ridiculously astronomical money it really is just City that would be in the mix for that transfer isn't it yes and I don't think it happened um, I mean they uh, I guess a lot depends on who they can ship out they want to ship out Zeko and I assume Tevez they still want to ship out despite Tevez claiming that he's he now has love for the club and wants to stay forever and whatever nonsense his, his PR people are coming out with this week uh, so I suppose they did want to get rid of uh, those two and maybe even Balotelli yeah. if Mancini's finally lost patience they they would look to bring in a couple of strikers Aguero is certainly not going anywhere uh, although Madrid would love to bring him in I, I don't think City would uh, let him go at all he's, he's been uh, the shining star in that team this season we don't want to talk about that anymore do we really uh, at No Heroes here asks how much can we expect to bring in from the sales of Berber Ando etc and will any of it actually be set, spent on players nothing I, I would have thought I don't think Anderson will go in the summer how are you, how are you going to sell him who's going to buy him yeah there they wouldn't there wouldn't be that many takers and it wouldn't be that much I, I assume in the sort of five million pound range I mean what was it 30 million euros which depending on how you translate it at the time was worth about 18 million pounds and you think today's money's worth a lot more than that but maybe five million's a bit hard but it'd be hard to take over 10 million euros for him because he's just not performed over five years there's a half a dozen games in which he, he has performed and most of the time he's injured so it's a damaged damaged product probably means he won't go I mean uh, there's been a tendency for United to keep hold of players and of course Berbatov I assume they've uh, activated the clause we didn't actually heard anything about it but but Ferguson said he won't he said this week he won't be going for free so they'll be looking for a fee for him again that would be in the low millions of euros I mean he's 31 and barely played and all of that but someone will pay some money for him I mean I suppose Sunderland did pay four million pounds for John O'Shea last summer and he's about 30 so that gives you some kind of indication of what Berbatov might go for right there you go interesting and not a lot of money then to reinvest in the squad that's for sure don't think so yeah don't think so it'd take a big change of strategy but I, I think what we'll probably see is younger players with the sell-on value and and about 30 million net spent something like that uh, maybe not even that much important question from at ace underscore mufc what kind of gum do you think that fergie chews interesting interesting Spearmint. is it is this confirmed no <laughs> he, he might he might he might chew that that weird stuff you can get in on the continent you know it's kind of spicy and acidic 
cinnamon flavour or something. Uh, do you think when they go on holiday to France, he gets loads of different Hollywood gum? Because he gets through a lot of pieces in, in each game. And the good thing about that Hollywood gum is, is always how it tastes. But then the taste never lasted very long. You'd think he's a man who likes a bit of cash. You'd think he'd, uh, he'd have the rapper on show so he could get some sponsorship. Uh, you wrote a piece on United Rant this week about the general state of things and the finances and net spend and all that malarkey. There was a really interesting comment about Sir Alex on that. I, I try not to read the bottom half of the internet in general comments tend to be make you sad when you read them actually generally not too bad on the on the podcast for which i'm very grateful but there was a a really interesting comment that somebody wrote quite a lengthy thing about ferguson and money and how actually when you get right down to it there is an analysis of fergie which really does hold up to quite some level of detail which is that actually he's just extremely money motivated in general and has been for a very long time and thinks very strongly in those sorts of terms I, I thought it was an interesting analysis I'm, I'm not saying that I, th- I think it's necessarily the case because I don't really know but I, I did think it was interesting to see that well he's, he's certainly motivated by his own money that, that's what I mean I mean in terms of his own personal success exactly I mean we can see some evidence for this he he did once threaten to leave the club because he, he felt he wasn't paid enough his his salary has gone up steeply under the glazers for his loyalty so it's you know now approaching sort of seven million pounds a year um, so some might say of the cynical variety that that might motivate his loyalty somewhat he sued the majority owners of Manchester United in 2004 for money and uh, many people think that's what precipitated the sale of the club certainly Coolmore didn't look like they were going to sell their shares and, until that happened and then they were telling everyone and his dog that they were after three pounds a share and so yeah there's been many occasions stunning that I was thinking about this this week I mean stunning really that he did sue the largest shareholders in the club at the time and has hasn't uttered a single word about the debt that's uh, uh, not aggressive, including telling United fans to F off. So real change. And what's motivated that? I don't know. Is it money? Is it something else? Because he's not a stupid man. He knows exactly what the figures say. It is in black and white exactly how much money United have hemorrhaged over the years. And he said not a single thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. We've banged that drum for a long, long time because let's face it, Fergie has not covered himself in glory off in terms of off the pitch stuff during the Glazer years admittedly has covered himself in glory on the pitch and and in terms of his salary as you said last week he adds more value to a you know investment in a football team than any other manager in the world if you look at the figures yeah 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 no don't begrudge him the salary it's just uh, interesting it's gone up so much what do you think says MUFC Jeff of the new members club that at Gary uh, at Genev 2 as Gary Neville's now known is proposing it's been granted um, well at least the initial report is favourable so it looks like the planning committee will probably grant planning permission for this one this this one that the club have have made a complaint about on the grounds that it will spoil the vista of Old Trafford which is obviously total nonsense if anyone knows the particular patch of land near Old Trafford where this is planned to be built Uh, it's not going to spoil the vista of Old Trafford at all not one iota it's all about control of the local area and the fact that someone else might be uh, creating some merchandising opportunities that United are not in control of interesting whether Neville will make any money out of this i mean he said that he'll be using the money he got from his testimonial as the primary source of finance for it i assume there are other investors involved too i mean it's a 139 bedroom hotel as well as a a bar and a members club and and that kind of thing so there's quite a lot of capital going into it and he's 
promised to pay some costs for local area improvements it's like quarter of a million pounds is not much you know finds that down the back of his sofa i'm sure um but if there are other investors they'll be seeking money so uh, I, i'm not sure positioning it entirely as a altruistic venture is is completely true but but it'll be a nice addition i think and uh, and you know never won united nil i think and for all you planning nerds out there, they will all know, of course, that it was a huge mistake of United to try and take on Gary Neville at planning. Because uh, this is a man who has gone down in sort of the planning statutes. His defence of his own little Teletubby house in, built on Greenfield. It's still running, though, that one, isn't it? He's had to promise to take down his windmill. Now, now, Gary, this is Burry. Take down your windmill. So, um, I, I'm not sure whether that's actually been granted permission, but yeah, he's still he's still trying to build the te- Teletubby house just he was out the windmill. He, he made his own defence in that in that case. He learned all about planning law and stuff. So Gary Neville, there's nothing he can't do. One of the highlights of the season, of course, Neville's punditry. Uh, we'll definitely come on to that next week. At Don McDowell asking, is this the rant cast of the last rant cast of the season? No, sir. At least one more episode this season. We're going to do an end of season spectacular next week. And then we're going to do stuff during the Euros, right? We can do, you know, a bit of multilingual, Eurotastic stuff <laughs> during the Euros. See. <laughs> si. Fortunately, we're not England fans here at, at Rankcast particularly we're you know we're fans of football and that's what we'll be celebrating during the, the great festival that UEFA is putting on for us yeah absolutely and you know keeping an eye on United players and telling our listeners when they ask us Twitter questions that no sorry we can't afford him no no sorry no no he's probably not going to come to United because we, we probably can't afford his wages because I, I imagine that's going to happen a lot during the Euros so come on we've got, we've got to talk about the game at the weekend John O'Shea is going to pick up the ball and he's going to chuck in his own net 12 times so United win the title, right? I, I mean, I know we're obviously not going to win the title on goal difference, but the fact that their entire back four is made up of Reds, away end visiting hardcore lifelong Reds, it doesn't hurt, does it? So, yeah, could it could it really be Barsley, Brown, O'Shea and Richardson at the back? That would just be... I think Richardson a... might actually be injured, but yeah, it, it would be spectacular if there were a few of them in there. It would. Just Brown and O'Shea will do me, though. I mean, Barsley, he's a big, pretty big Man United fan, Phil Barsley. But yeah, yeah, obviously... They're they're professional footballers. They're not going to just let us score 12 goals because I think there might be a little bit of trouble if that happened. I mean, of course, you know, I do have to win, but there'll definitely be more than half an eye on Eastlands where City take on QPR. QPR desperately need a point, though. They they really do. And uh, it's good that they're not not in need of something. Although uh, Ferguson, with one tongue firmly in cheek, asked for some help from Sparky. Of course, these two really don't get on. Uh, Sparky just does not like anyone seemingly telling him what to do so he, he there was quite a terse response to that one as you'd expect he's not a particularly well liked man mark hughes as a manager but he desperately needs some points so uh, you know, qpr will be going there to to get something which is good i mean you said mark hughes doesn't like anyone telling him what to do i thought you were going to say mark hughes doesn't like anyone which might also be true apart from roque santa cruz he demonstrably likes him whom he loves and of course he, he has there's no love lost between him and the city board either he still feels he was sacked unfairly and and certainly in the way it was done when he was sacked in public before even knowing it. Yeah, and, and, you know, surely that's going to be all the motivation he needs. On the football ramble, they were suggesting that there might be a front three with Cissé, Zamora and Hughes up front. He's just going to pick himself, try to score a... 30-yard flying volley for the winner. Anton Ferdinand will be in there. He said he's been on the phone to his brother and his brother was begging him to do a job. There's no there's no chance, everyone. It's just not going to happen. City are going to win like 3-0. QPR are going to go down. City are going to win the league. I, I, I wish, I wish with all my heart that that was not the case, but I just don't see it. The 
only way it can happen is if it's... It can't happen. There's no way City are going to not win that game. How are they going to... You look at the, the way, the, the machine that they've been in the last few weeks. Uh, since Spalatelli hasn't been playing, since that Arsenal game, they've just been dominant force. It could go a couple of ways, couldn't it? It could, it could be that they come out, they score an early goal, and of course everyone's relaxed and they'll go on a thump QPR and it'll be uh, one big celebration for the blue half of Manchester and the 930 million pounds that he's taken to win them the title uh, interesting figures in the Telegraph today or they might not score in the first half and QPR might park the bus big time and do do a Chelsea at Barcelona or an Inter at Barcelona and one of those and, and they might then get a bit nervous and, and maybe the nerves will affect them certainly did a couple of months ago didn't it and uh, maybe at that point they'll they'll freak out a little bit and and we can you know maybe get some hope then it is unlikely but you never know oh i'd love it though oh you'd love it you'd you'd just love it i'd love it if that happened oh talking of which robbed absolutely robbed the stupid premier league arbitrary 20 year arbitrary nonsense thing how did that beat the trawler ridiculous i told you it was arbitrary nonsense most memorable quote i'd love it if we beat them beat out when the sardines follow the trawler it's because they hope well no yeah no when the seagulls follow the trawlers oh there you go that's why it lost the most memorable quote because even i can't remember it ridiculous nonsense keegan keegan with an unjust victory over eric there the only time in his life <laughs> yes predictions for this week united will win against sunderland i'm gonna say two nil it's pretty arbitrary that i'm giving it a lot of thought but you know i, I think we need to win and you know unless city are three nil up after five minutes in which case maybe it'll be a draw or something but assuming there's any chance whatsoever, then United will win. Yeah, I think if United need to win, we'll win. But I, I suspect City will comfortably beat QPR and that'll filter through and and therefore we'll draw. And, and and in many ways, losing it on points is better than losing it on goal difference, isn't it? Because there would just be too many ifs and buts. No, because it's the same, basically, this season, I feel like. I don't know, I don't, I don't feel like... I just think I just think there's so many ifs and buts anyway if we lose it on points you know the most points we can lose it by is three and there are way more than three points that we should have had that we haven't got in terms of our own performances but listen for now hope remains that little tiny sliver of it still exists so why not bask in that tiny little sliver of hope for one more week and then we'll be back next season we've had another question from Amplified to Rock saying uh, next season do you think it's more likely that we'll win the league or more likely that will finish out the Champions League places and I think it's more likely by a long long way that we'll win the league I was offered uh, as I've said many times on this podcast I, I don't gamble I had a discussion with a friend of mine who's a pretty serious gambler and he was basically saying he would be prepared to offer evens at the beginning of this season on United not finishing on, in the top two and I said I thought that was a completely and utterly crazy bet because United's consistency in the league over the, the last number of seasons has been absolutely staggering and finishing outside of the Champions League places last next season it seems remarkably unlikely to me I, d- I don't think it'll happen although one thing I, I would say is that it does seem like uh, Chelsea and City and Arsenal are all going to invest big now it doesn't necessarily mean that it'll all work for them of course but, but it looks like Arsenal have decided to take take the market a bit more seriously than they have done in the past why the hell not you know they have the second biggest revenue in the league and they've got their debt under 100 million pounds they've done it very quickly and, and they're pulling in loads more revenue than they ever used to they're, they're a well-run financially sound club they can afford to spend money and it looks like
like after seven years of no trophies that they they might finally do that Chelsea Abramovich is going to pull out his wallet again uh, he has he doesn't even blink twice about spending a billion pounds on a potential project at Battersea so he's going to spend a lot of money in the transfer market City will spend whatever uh, they feel like of course uh, and Tottenham may well spend some money too again a, a sound financially run club so it's going to be even more competitive next season for sure and, and United will have to do something to compete but I don't see there's any scenario in which they drop out of the top four next season doesn't mean over the long term that Liverpool scenario couldn't happen you know a few bad purchases erosion squad quality and all of that but I don't think it'll happen next season and whoever comes next of course that's that is the key question in terms of whether a Liverpool happens to United it's all about the transition can, can, to... can Mike Phelan take over from Fergie and, and do the same job <laughs> that's just cruel that's just a cruel thing to say to United fans no I mean I think you know if you look at uh, relative squad strength I think in a lot of positions we have either the best or second best player in the league in that position still and I think that's probably going to continue next season I think if you look at our options across the back four with the exception of the left back and certainly if you look at our options on the wings and up front then we're incredibly well stocked in those areas Uh, and I think we've got the best goalkeeper in the league or at least you know I think if assuming that he manages to keep keep those mistakes out of his game he's the best goalkeeper in the league Um, uh, Joe Hart's obviously an excellent keeper as well but we have either the best or second best in a lot of positions as I say yeah, well, that's a positive note on which to end the show, isn't it? And I'd like to end the show feeling positive about United going to Sunderland and, and lifting the trophy, but I have to say I don't feel very positive about it and, and it feels quite an underwhelming end to the week in many ways. And You get excited about the game coming up, but it's hard to get that excited about this one. There isn't the same sense of anticipation as there has been about sort of last day games or that kind of thing in the past because I think it's probably done and dusted. Yeah, that definitely takes the edge off doesn't it? it of course not done and dusted elsewhere in the league huge things still to play for uh, Champions League positions especially since it might all rest on getting third Arsenal in the box seat but a good few teams in, in the mix there well, Arsenal go to West Brom and, and Tottenham home to Fulham so um, and, and Newcastle go to Everton so it's, uh, Tottenham have got a good opportunity there because Arsenal could definitely blow it but yeah as, as you say whoever comes fourth could well be out of the Champions League anyway yeah. the, the, only, the only time of course UEFA allow a winner to stay in and don't allow anyone out and take anyone out, out is when Liverpool did it. Still, still inexplicable that decision. But they did say, <laughs> they did say, right, we're never doing this again. This is just a one-off thing. Just specially for Liverpool, you know. Because it's the only way they're going to get any Champions League football for a while, I think. Probably an act of pity. And then relegation. Um, I guess you think that it's pretty nailed on that QPR are going to go down. I, well, they're going to lose, aren't they? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, of course, Bolton won't necessarily win. Who would you rather go down out of Bolton than QPR? This is a ridiculous question because obviously you'd rather Bolton go down because that means QPR have won and United can win the league. But just remove that. Which of those two sides would you rather not have in the Premier League? Uh, kind of ambivalent. I mean, you know, Bolton's a complete dump. Um, but but that's no reason to particularly hate them. You know, I know they're local rivals and all that. But, but no, I, I, I don't really mind. I mean, Tony Fernandez seems like a half-decent owner. Bolton overspend way beyond on their means and, and the owner there finances them out of it but uh, either way I, I don't really care it would be real problems for Bolton if they went down there I'd say that they, they will be in, uh, on, right on the verge of administration goal music 
that's the the clear right answer to that question whichever team has goal music that's the team you want to go down yeah well QPR do oh then Bolton do as well Bolton do yeah I didn't realise QPR did as well yeah yeah real scourge of the Premier League that is I think Uh, goal music is the worst there are many things wrong with the world and I will acknowledge that some of them are more serious than goal music but of all the kind of petty unimportant things in the world that are wrong goal music is the worst why what why goals are brilliant right that's the best bit of a game why do you ruin it with music just so wrong yeah and and you know what i i can work out when there's been a goal and i'm pretty sure most fans can too and we, you said in the roundup we were going to talk about the reserves. Yes, uh, Premier League reserve North versus South playoff Thursday night, and uh, United's reserves have won, drawn, or lost. Yes, good good luck to them. They kick off in just a few minutes, I think, as we record this. Who knows? They may well yet be glory for a Manchester United side this season. Well, they, they've already done well to win the reserve lead North, haven't they? By an awful lot of points. An awful lot of points, yes. And and there's some good players there, many of whom will uh, spend the season away from the club next season on loan somewhere and hopefully it'll do what uh, loans away did for Johnny Evans and Danny Welbeck and they'll come back much better players and ready to challenge for a place in the first team yeah absolutely it's the time of season where I get philosophical when we don't win because we've been spoilt rotten as as fans you know it just I mean I know it, it's a bit difficult to take because of the manner in which it's happened the fact that there's been this massive artificial investment in our rivals and our club has been basically stolen out from under us financially by a bunch of mercenary Americans but over the years we've just won so many titles it's you know most fans never get to experience that so this kind of taste of defeat makes the makes the win sweeter I mean it really does yeah United has no right to win but one of the things that's so annoying about the current situation I mean you know there's been plenty of times in United has has lost leagues and they're just lost leagues to better sides and I guess there's uh, there's an element of truth that in that this season if United do lose but of course it's slightly false because part of the reason we're not quite as good as we could be is is because we're saddled with this and and very conversely City have blown a huge amount of sovereign wealth on winning the title so I guess I guess that's economics for you but it it doesn't leave a great taste in the mouth but yeah totally right Uh, you had philosophical about this United have no right to win every year and and football would be kind of boring if if you did yeah although I guess we'll settle for another five years of boredom uh, in the next five seasons please and just win the league over and over again and of course as you like to shout out every week we, you can catch up with us on Facebook some people do they do yeah we always appreciate that that's facebook.com slash United Rant and Twitter at UTD Rantcast for me at United Rant for Ed and you can throw us some money if you want talking of throwing some money at us at May Peng May underscore Peng did this uh, that's M-E-I underscore P-E-N-G saying wanted a true United supporter brackets female for date in Houston Texas I'll take you to the pub for the final game and lunch in Chinatown and he says maybe on the podcast we can add that the pub is the best in town and the food will be good too and maybe two miracles will happen on Sunday I'm not promising to do that for any listener that donates to the show but uh, it can't hurt to ask oh isn't isn't that sweet come on you super hoopers I guess although I don't know it's good good luck to all concerned I suppose I, I find it hard to kind of really get behind another team winning for our sake uh, but boring nil nil draw I will take that would be exciting wouldn't it well, it's football that's the winner, Paul, and may the best team win. And if it's not the best team that's going to win, let's hope it's United. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we'll be back sometime in the very near future with a massive end-of-season spectacular. See you then.